to Soloish, a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. I'm your host, Lisa Bonos, and today we're talking about how couples assess each other as potential partners for life or for marriage. And sure, people do this when they're deep into a relationship, when they've been together for years. But it also happens early on as you're learning whether somebody is a good communicator and whether they're reliable, kind, and trustworthy. One couple I spoke with recently, Jill Andrees and Brooke Silva Braga, had been together for years, broke up, and then they got back together. And when they were getting back together that second time, they decided to put themselves through a series of tests. They went on a spending fast to test what life would be like if one of them lost their job. They borrowed a baby to figure out what parenthood might be like. And they put themselves through dozens of other challenges. Recently, they wrote a book about their experience called The Marriage Test, Our 40 Dates Before I Do. We'll chat with them a little later. But first, let's start earlier in your potential relationship. Last year, I had the pleasure of working with Neely Steinberg, who's a dating coach and personal image consultant, on an essay that she wrote for the Soloish blog on WashingtonPost.com. The essay was titled, Marry the Person Who Will Help You to the Bathroom, and it was one of our most popular pieces. In it, she writes about how her husband Dave helped calm her down before a C-section when she gave birth to their first child, Stella, and she talked about how very kind and caring he was and the way that he helped her to the bathroom after the surgery. She realized in that moment in the hospital room that she had had clues early on in their relationship that Dave would be this kind of person who would help her out in difficult times. Let's listen to what she has to say. He was just very interested in getting to know people that were important to me, um, you know, family, friends. He was very caring when it came um, to people in my life who I was close with, and that's always a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he would, like I said in the article, he would, like, scour the Internet for, like, the perfect gift for my father, my brother, my mom. And that just really showed to me, it's like, wow, this guy... He really, you know, he cares. He really yeah. cares about sort of my inner circle. And he always did it with, you know, a good heart and a smile on his face. And he was always patient with me. And, <laughs> um, and you know, these are the things that you realize, like, gosh, you know, all those years, um, you know, pining for these guys. And I never saw any of these qualities, mm. really. I mean, not yeah. with every guy I dated, yeah. but with a lot of them, certainly. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you just sort of realize, like, this is the stuff that matters. This is the stuff that's important. This is the type of stuff that really gets you through, um, you know, all of the years of being married together. It, it, it um, you know, like when you're sitting in the rocking chair next to your partner 40 years down the line, like, this is the stuff you think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you mentioned sort of scouring the internet for for gifts for for people that are close to you, and that makes me think about that if he's already caring for your inner circle, sort of that's a sign that he wanted to be part of that inner circle in a way. Yeah. Potentially. Totally. Absolutely. And that if he's you know helping you with something that is your individual domain at that point, but is really helping you like a almost a business partner, then that maybe shows that he could be a partner in other ways. Yeah, absolutely, right. And it just shows that, you know, he he cares about what you care about or he cares about what I care about, you mm-hmm. know. 
um, he he was like my biggest cheerleader. And when I had doubts about, you know, can I do this? Am I, you know, can I be a, a solo entrepreneur type person? Can I start a business? Can I do it? You know, he was always there to say, yes, you can. So even when I doubted myself, he never doubted me. Um, and it was, you know, I think really crucial to have that support system. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, a support system in that sense and a support system um, in, you know, many different ways. Um, when I had a sort of challenging, frustrating medical situation, he was there to kind of talk with me about it and help me through it. And we kind of got through it together. And, um, you know, so it was kind of one thing after another. He was really showing to me and proving to me that um, he would make a really great lifelong partner. Mm-hmm. And what are some of those superficial things that people focus on in, instead of these big signs, yeah. like job yeah. title and salary and how much somebody's dropping on a first date, like that, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely that. I mean, I would say for women, you know, height is always the big one. Yeah. Um, and I get it, you know, the, the major concern is they want to feel like a, you know, a woman, they want to feel feminine, and it's hard to do that when you're taller than your mate or bigger than your mate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so height is always a big one. Um, and usually it's like, you know, I want someone six feet and above. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> actually, I think when you look at the statistics, I think only, I think I read this somewhere that, you know, 15... I think 15 to 20 percent of the male population is six feet and above. Yeah. So really, you're narrowing your your dating pool. Yeah, that's a that's tall order. One of your major requirements. Yeah. Right? So you know, I always say like, bring it down a few inches. Yeah. You know, again, if when you're sitting in the rocking chair, 40 years from now, next to your partner, are you really going to look back and say, "Gee, I wish he was two inches taller"? And that's just, you <laughs> You'll know, be pretty shrunken day, by then, any, the <laughs> anyway, I right? It, I, I get it. I mean, okay. So besides height, what else? When, where does that height, come up? Yep. Um, I mean, salary is a big one. Uh, you know, does he have to make over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, or even over a hundred thousand dollars a year? I mean, what if he's a really dedicated, passionate? high school math teacher or high mm-hmm. school English teacher, but he makes 70 grand a year, yeah. you know. One woman I uh, worked with was uh, this really, really smart woman, went to a great school, um, and she ended up with, you know, she I think she always saw herself with some uber sort of wealthy guy and the, the lifestyle that she sort of always imagined. Mm-hmm. She ended up with a guy who, you know, worked with his hands. Yeah. Um, was a carpenter. And uh, and she fell madly in love with, with this person. So, again, bring it back. Bring it yeah. back and, and stop to think. Does it is it so crucial that he makes a certain amount of money? Or, or not even that, but is it so crucial that uh, he's in a certain industry, right? Does he have to be in finance? Does <sighs> he have to be a lawyer? Does he have to be a doctor? Yeah. Do we get so caught up in sort of these very specific things, very specific industries, you know, we could be missing out on people who might really make good matches for us. I don't know. What do you say to a client who's like really focused on the wrong things or those superficial things? How do you bring him or her back down to reality? Another dating coach and I were talking about this um, a while ago that a lot of our clients end up finding love with people who are outside of their quote-unquote type, right? Outside of this sort of fantasy and ideal that they've always 
fantasized about, you know, that who would bring happiness into their lives. A lot of times they fall in love with the people that they're sort of initially on the fence about or unsure mm-hmm. of. And so, you know, I sort of use that anecdote um, and to sort of bring them back to, to, you know, reality and say, listen, the results you've been having aren't working. Yeah. And you don't want to have to change as a person, right? Like, I, I, that's not the type of coach I am. I'm not going to work with somebody and say, well, you have to become this person in order to get that type of guy. Yeah. No, because yeah. then you end up, you can't really change, right? I mean, you are who you are at your core. And then you're basically putting on a show. You're becoming someone different. And then several months into the relationship, how long can you keep that up? And yeah. then you end up resenting the person. They end up resenting you. Uh, so, so it's, it's, you know, that's sort of how I kind of approach that, that topic. When I was editing your piece and working on it for the blog, um, I was in the process of dating someone who had ended things with me. And I actually, it was, I was upset because he seemed like a a really nice guy with a big heart. And it happened like two or three days before I was editing your piece. And I was like, he would have helped me to the bathroom. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Um, You know what? I think that that, um, that's, like I always say, every dating experience, every relationship you have is, um, an important one mm-hmm. because it, it offers you some sort of lesson. It teaches you something and that's knowledge that you can bring forward with you, that you can bring into your next experience. And so that was an important experience for you to have, Lisa, yeah. because it taught you about, hey, you know what? I really like these qualities. I recognize these qualities in this guy. I really like them. Yeah. And that those are the types of qualities I want to have in yeah. the next guy I date. Next, we're going to hear from Jill Andres and Brooke Silva Braga, that couple I mentioned before who wrote The Marriage Test, a book about 40 dates or challenges that they put themselves through to try to simulate what it would be like to be married and whether they could hack it. Spoiler alert, they did decide to get married at the end of the challenge. They've been hitched for about a year and a half now, but let's hear what they have to say about preparing yourself for marriage while you're still dating. Welcome to Jill Andres and Brooke Silva Braga authors of The Marriage Test, Are 40 Dates Before I Do. Hello. Hey. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. I'm single, so I really was um, identifying with some of the stuff that you're mentioning in the book about how it's really hard to know if you've chosen the right person until you've already married them. So how did you come up with this idea to put yourself through pretty grueling and intense um, <laughs> tests before you got married? Yeah, I'm not sure we appreciated how grueling it would be at the start. <laughs> we just kind of had this, like, lightning bolt moment. Uh, actually, down in, in Georgetown, we're living in um, Washington mm-hmm. uh, at the time. We're actually uh, up in New York now. And we went um, kayaking out on the Potomac after work one afternoon and just started talking about kind of what the next steps in life were. And we'd been dating for a few years, so in, in a certain sense, it was pretty obvious what the next step was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we started talking about, well, how do, how do we even make this decision? Is there a way that, like, couples know whether they'll be good at being married? We had never heard of it. Um, yeah. And it occurred to us that some of the stuff that trips up marriages, even though we had dated a few years, we weren't really prepared to know how we'd be at, like, raising kids or combining money or all these things that um, really seem to cause trouble in marriages. So we... Right in that like kayak ride, before we even made it back to shore, we had come up with maybe half a dozen ideas of ways that we thought we could kind of simulate married life. 
And then when we started telling um, friends about it, everyone had like their own idea. Mm -hmm. So that someone was like, oh, you need to pack each other's bags for a road trip. Hmm. I had a married friend who insisted we should see other people. Wow. And that seemed a bit extreme. So we yeah. just went speed dating um, <laughs> yeah. down at the Hilton off 10th Street uh, one night. Um, and before we knew it, we had like these 40 activities and then we spent a good year finishing them. And what were sort of the biggest surprises that you learned about each other individually in going through these challenges? And then um, about yourselves as a couple? Well, so I think, you know, there were plenty of surprises along the way, plenty of challenges, plenty of tears. Um, but one of the things that more than anything, I just started to appreciate some of the quirks of each other's personalities. So for example, um, some of, one of the dates we did was designed to kind of test how we communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. So we recorded ourselves having a fight. And then oh, wow. about a week later, we listened to it back to try to kind of, you know, figure out, hey, like, are we terrible to each other? Is one of us a bully? How does this kind of work in reality? And listening to us back after having a fight made me accept and recognize that we're two really different people, and we will always kind of come to the table in different ways. So for, mm -hmm. like, I spoke about 10 words for every book, a word that Brooke spoke. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we, we're always just going to be these different people. So the tests were all about figuring out can the two of us really work together through all these things and who we really are. Yeah, and let's go through what some of those were. So you went speed dating, um, where, where I assume other people there thought you were single? They did. <laughs> um, that was probably the – we felt bad about that, but yeah. we made a rule that we wouldn't talk to anyone afterwards. So there was no <laughs> – false hopes in the long term. Okay, so you went speed dating. You swapped each other's phones for the weekend, which sounds fun. Um, you met... Oh, yeah, that was something. <laughs> <laughs> you met sort of ex-boyfriends and girlfriends, right? We did, yeah. Traded credit cards, borrowed a baby, um, took notes on what worked in the bedroom and what didn't. You had a little yep. self-imposed celibacy streak. Which, which challenge was the hardest? Ooh... So, they were all the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> Not all, a lot of them were the I hardest. Think, I think we each had tough goes of it. Um, the one that was really tough for me was for one month we tried to live on half of what we normally spend. Yeah. So we kind of like made a really severe budget and for a month tried to stick to it. And, you know, I thought it was going to be tough, but I, I thought that we were on the same page and we both knew how to be frugal and it wouldn't be so hard. Mm -hmm. But really, almost immediately, we, there was like tension between us. Um, we just weren't getting along like we normally did. And mm -hmm. so what was hardest for me is not only being in that moment, but recognizing and appreciating just how difficult kind of external pressure on a relationship can be. Mm -hmm. And Brooke, what was the hardest part for you? Um, they really, a lot of them were hard in different ways. One that was definitely unpleasant. You mentioned that we went out with each other's exes. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to do like a true double date, but we weren't able to get all four people in the room at the same time, so we did mm -hmm. it separate. First, we went out with Jill's ex-boyfriend, and through the course of the afternoon, it became clear that in his mind he had never met anyone as good as Jill ever since. Aww. And like, kind of, that kind of was a theme that he kept coming back to. <laughs> but by the end of it, I was like, Lord, he's like, maybe going to slip Jill like a, a note or something. Yeah. So that one was a little awkward. And then not long after we met up with my ex and it was entirely the opposite. She spent the whole lunch talking about all the ways her husband was better than me. <laughs> 
almost so, really seems a little bit to be warning Jill off me. <laughs> almost, definitely. So, <laughs> so that, yeah, that wasn't super fun. Brooke, it sounds like that, that part of the challenge might have been harder for, for you on both ends of it, right? Yeah, although I do think, and maybe Jill can speak to this, um, hearing your boyfriend's ex-girlfriend badmouth him probably wasn't great for her either because it's a little bit like, you know, wait a minute, does she have a point? Yeah, yeah, I ended up feeling about halfway through the lunch like really defensive of Brooke because I felt like mm-hmm. a lot of the things she was describing um, weren't really aspects of his personality anymore. She was kind of describing like a 24 or 25 year old scoundrel yeah and i had like the new improved version that had matured for you know the better part of a decade so yeah it was tough for me too some of those challenges like trading credit cards and um you know putting yourself through budget cuts or borrowing somebody else's baby like those seem obvious tests of a relationship to to go through before getting married but like why meet why meet your exes like what is that what does that experience show you for marriage yeah i think that's a fair question and we didn't like when we created this list of 40 and people suggested them mm-hmm. we didn't require like an obvious lesson objective yeah. in order to do the thing and a lot of times like there were surprising lessons in uh in the activities like you mentioned I think you called it celibacy. It was more than that. For a week, we didn't um, allow ourselves to touch at all. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really know what the point of that was. But it it turned out in the middle of that week, we got into a fight. And who knows whether the fight was because we weren't allowed to touch. But we Mm. were unable to make up without touching. So the fight, like, lingered. We, like, said we had made up. But we really, neither of us really felt like we had for that entire week until we were allowed to, like, you know, physically hug it out. Yeah. and the, the ex's date, I think, was a little bit the same where I didn't have an objective in mind, but there were things that we learned out of that. Um, and I think Jill sort of mentioned one was like a recognition that like dating me as a 35-year-old was different than dating me as a 25-year-old. Yeah. And I think uh, going out with Jill's old high school boyfriend made me realize like some of the things that I appreciated as parts of Jill's personality and the way she is as a girlfriend were really deeply ingrained, like, going back to when she was, like, 16 or 17 years old, both, like, good things and challenging things about dating her. So that that yeah. was kind of a, a useful takeaway. Yeah. And uh. one of the premises we really had for this project was, you know, this is the biggest decision you're making of your life about who you're going to marry. Yeah. And if the two of you can't handle some little stresses here and there, you know, like an uncomfortable afternoon with an ex, Mm-hmm. then are you really fit for, like, the tough stuff that comes along with true marriage? And yeah. so we tried not to shy away from things that seemed scary or awkward or difficult because that's what marriage is. Yeah. So now that you are married, you've been married for about a year and a half? Yeah, almost, yeah. Okay. Now that you are married, has anything come up in your marriage that you're like, oh, we didn't prepare for this? Because you seem so prepared. Not really. Do you? Do you think no, anything? I think we're yes. still sort of in a honeymoon period. Yeah, it's been a, so it's November and now February. So yeah, like I guess like 15 months. And I actually think, well, first of all, yeah, we've been married 15 months. So we're not going to claim that you know, <laughs> yeah. like like decades of bliss, as, yeah. you know, as a result of this experiment. And I don't think you know we're destined for decades of bliss necessarily. I'm sure marriage is going to be very hard. I do think the first year has been strangely easy for us because all of this stuff. Yeah. that otherwise maybe we would have to be dealing with now we got it like all out of the way in yeah. like one go mm-hmm. so a lot of these kind of things like qu- 
questions around when we want to have kids, like, like ugly stuff like a living will or prenuptial agreement. These were all like baked into these crazy tasks that we did. So by the time by the time we got married, there wasn't a lot. There weren't a lot yeah. of surprises left. Yeah. Is it has marriage almost been easier? Than, the, than, the, than putting yourself oh, to the challenges. Oh, Lord, yes. Being married is so much easier than every like few days starting a new crazy date. Um, but, you know, the other thing I'll say is I think marriage has been easier for us because we actually really learned how to communicate better and to, this sounds weird, but we learned how to fight better, I yeah. think, a little bit because of the dates. Yeah. Our standard default, and we did this the first time we were dating and we did it even the second time we got back together, we don't really like to rock the boat. We, yeah. we like each other. We love each other. We respect each other. So we don't always want to bring up things that might hurt the other person's feelings. But now we have so much practice talking about dramatic things or our feelings or things that are annoying us that it's just a lot easier to bring it up and get it taken care of faster. As somebody who's like very single, where I go out on, I go out on a lot of first dates where I feel like it's a spouse interview way too soon, right? So I wonder, like, these tests are great. How much stock do you put in, like, preparing for what your life is going to be like together versus what it actually is? The stakes are really high. So how did you how did you balance, like, the fact that, yes, these are good tests of the relationship versus it's just an exercise? Yeah, well, so there was no way Brooke and I could simulate everything that might go wrong in a potential marriage we might have. But I think the ideas we were trying to do is let's hit all the big ones that we know often come up. So mm-hmm. things like, you know, money or sex um, or having meddling in-laws or something like that. And, and I truly believe that by going through those tough things together, we didn't test everything else, but we know that we do pretty well under pressure together. We know that we can, like, problem solve together. We know that when we fight neither of us gets like vicious and mean and we're able to forgive and move on or be constructive and move on. So we couldn't test everything, um, but just by going through these dates together, I, I personally just felt a higher degree of confidence that we were ready for tough stuff. You know, we've shared this idea with so many people now and a lot have been interested in trying some of the dates. Mm-hmm, yeah. So we actually created a quiz that people can take if they go to our website, which is the marriage test book dot com uh-huh. slash quiz or slash quiz yeah. and um what's fun is like so you know imagine in a couple months maybe you're dating someone for a little while you can go on there and answer some quick questions about your relationship and we're going to recommend what dates we think you should probably do oh that's fun so it's a fun thing like yeah. if other people want to give it a shot yeah made it a bit easier okay great um i don't think i'm gonna be ready for it in a few months but, <laughs> <laughs> um, months, but 12 months you never know. <laughs> but plenty of listeners out there might be if anyone wants to get in touch with you guys or to find out more about the book they should just go to the marriage test book oh the marriage test book.com thank you guys for joining us yeah good yeah glad we were able to do it Brooke and Jill make it look pretty easy, don't they? Bravo to them for going through some of the hard work of marriage before they even walked down the aisle. When they tested their relationship four years in to see if they were ready for marriage, they already knew each other pretty well. So what if singles are looking to get married and they're at the beginning of their relationship, a lot earlier on in dating? Let's bring Neely back on for a minute to talk about some date ideas you might try earlier on to test your compatibility with someone. How do you kind of 
find those activities and and settings to evaluate a person as a potential partner that are different than just like going to get a drink or dinner or movie or go to a friend's party like what what are those dates that bring out someone's true character yeah well i think certainly um you know several months into the relationship traveling together i think Mm -hmm. that can always um can always bring out some interesting sides of people and you can kind of get a deeper glimpse into how someone is um certainly you know moving in together you start to figure that stuff out but well, I think it's a um, an interesting experiment that that couple did. Um, however, the thing is, I think I think you're you're looking for certain fundamental characteristics. Again, is this person kind? Is this person kind in the way? You know, I don't know how this person is going to necessarily be grocery shopping at rush hour. Okay, but yeah. is this person kind in the way he listens to me? In the way he treats me? Is this person reliable? You know, does he follow his words with action? Is he dependable? Can I depend on this person? Is he trustworthy? Can I trust this person? And not only those three things, but those three things consistently over the course of several months. Mm-hmm. So I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to, like, you know, find different things to figure out, like, okay, well, we had, you know, we did this thing, and I found out how he is doing that thing, and so that means he's marriage material or it means he's not marriage material. Yeah. But the bottom line is, when you get into a serious relationship, when you you're going to encounter stuff, there's no way to test for all of that yeah. stuff. You're yeah. going to encounter stuff that is difficult. You're going to have disagreements and challenges, and that's just that, that's relationships, right? Yeah. Um, and but if you ha- if you you have those sort of foundational characteristics, you're looking for those types of things throughout you know the early stages of dating. Mm-hmm. I think you can kind of get through anything together. If you know, if you're both willing to, and so I think if you see those types of, of characteristics, I think you'll be able to weather really any storm in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all our guests today, Jill Andres, Brooke Silva Braga, and Neely Steinberg. You guys have certainly given me a lot to think about. If you're curious about Brooke and Jill's book, you can find more information at themarriagetestbook.com. And if you'd like to contact Neely Steinberg for coaching or dating advice, her website is thelovetrep.com. That's trep, spelled T-R-E-P. And she's on Twitter at thelovetrep. If you're liking the Soloish podcast, please rate us on iTunes. It'll help other people find the podcast and become fans. And as always, thank you to our producer, Pamela Kirkland. If you're craving more stories about the Soloish life, look for the blog on washingtonpost.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.